Thanks for tuning in to Shield Clocks Happens, where now you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and Amazon. So tune in, sit back, and enjoy. This is the Shilcox Happens podcast. My name's Dustin Shilcox, and with me always, Jameson Brown. What's up, man? Hey, everybody. Uh, got a uh, got a fun one for everyone. Uh, if you are wanting a truly dynamic and and one person that didn't take no for an answer, this is probably the interview you're gonna want to listen to. So I'm excited about this one. Yeah, so am I. I'm, ex- I'm definitely pumped up to hear what the stories she has. I know she's extremely talented one of the most positive and inspiring people that I know. So welcome to the show, Amber Lee Snyder. Hey, thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. So why don't you give us a little kickback and just explain to our listeners what you do now and we'll get a little background of your life. So what I do now, I'm a motivational speaker and I'm a barrel racer, breakaway roper, and I'm going to school to be a counselor. Wow, so. So you got a chalk schedule, like literally, like do you have time to eat? Not really. Oh, and I'm a rodeo coach. Okay, so you definitely so, don't have time to eat. There's like maybe a snack in there once in a while. Oh, man, I love food too much to not eat. So okay, I definitely okay. have time to eat. Now, sleeping, <laughs> on the other hand, that sometimes gets put to the wayside. You know what? Sleep's for later. That's what I always say. Yeah, I, I tell myself that. And then, you know, then it, then you make yourself go to sleep because you've got, I mean, you got to catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Amber Lee, why don't you tell, so I know you are in a wheelchair now, correct? And yes. So tell us how that all happened and what where it all started before that. I guess the story of how it happened was in 2010, I was on my way to Denver, Colorado, and was involved in a rollover truck accident and was ejected and hit a fence post and broke my back. So that was how it happened. Uh, seven years ago was when that happened. But before that, I was 18, and I'd rodeoed my whole life. You know, my family's pretty competitive, so... We all have to find a, a niche and then be good at it. So I loved horses from as far back as I can remember. Started riding when I was three and rodeo when I was seven. By the time I was 18, I was a world all-around champion. And I made it to the high school finals and, I don't know, won seven saddles and over 70 buckles. And had done, done pretty well as an aspiring rodeo athlete. And then in 2010, then life took a turn for, for a different road. Now, I heard, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, but Dustin was telling me that you guys both suffered your injuries on the same highway. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I don't know where you were going, but we were both on that, what is it, I-80, I-80 or I-84 out there? Yep, Interstate 80. Yeah, 80. Gosh, I've been in Idaho the past two days. Everything's 84 up there. And it was <laughs> I-80 yeah. heading out to Wyoming. Yeah, and that's what mine was, too. I wasn't wearing a uh, seatbelt and same kind of scenario I just so when when the news hit that that uh, you had been that you had been paralyzed you know how did you take that and how did you respond I mean was it did, did it take some time to kind of take in the news or or was it like you know what no I'm not gonna let this beat me I'm I'm, I'm gonna get back on the horse in like no time you know when you very first hear it it's, it's kind of surreal when somebody comes in and, and I asked them you know what are the chances of me feeling or moving my legs again and the doctor told me slim to none but more than none she was like, oh, that's uh, great news. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And then he left the room. So I'm laying on a table by myself trying to take in what he just told me. And, you know, you think through, okay, at that point I was a, I was a state FFA president. So I was thinking, okay, how am I going to finish mayor of office? How am I going to ride my horses? You know, he just really threw a big rock in my life of, okay, now I have to figure out how to handle that. And 
it's kind of surreal when you think about how life is all going to change. Of course, in my mind, it was I was getting back on a horse. I don't care what anybody said. That's what I was doing. Um, I wasn't sure when or how or anything, but I was going to get back on a horse. Now, of course, there was definitely some roller coasters that happened in order to be to where I'm at. But yeah, I did get back on. It was four months after that. I, the very first time I got back on and wow. that day was supposed to be super happy. Right. But actually it was probably one of the hardest days of my life because I realized that even that, you know, my, that was my thing. That was my happy place. That was everything for me. And even that was going to be different. And that's hard to take in. Do you contribute that the difficulty to the fact that at that time, from a competitive nature that you felt that you wouldn't be able to compete at the level you used to? Was that why it made it difficult? It was really hard because, you know, when I very first got listed on a horse, I didn't feel steady anymore. You know, that yeah. was a place that I could ride bareback with no hands. I mean, it was like I, I just felt like I was more balanced and more secure there than anywhere else. And now I sat on a horse with no balance, couldn't even feel my legs on the side of him, you know, couldn't feel his heartbeat and you know, that had been my whole world. And so that was what was hard. It wasn't even the challenge of, I mean, of course that came later. It definitely came later as another moment of how am I going to be competitive at this, in this situation. But the first moment was just, this doesn't feel like home. And that was what was hard to start with. But, you know, then I got the modifications on my saddle, seatbelt, Velcro straps, you know, all the pieces I needed in order to ride. And getting back on then, you know, became, okay, how do I ride well? How am I going to win? How am I going to still be competitive? And so that, of course, all phased out over time to have those moments. But, yeah, the initial one was just, why doesn't this feel like home? And I, I know it's kind of like a it, – it's kind of a – because I, I do – I watch a lot of rodeos. Call it crazy. I mean, I'm a, I'm a hip-hop kid that hits about every rodeo I can. But a lot of what you do in regards to being out there with the horse and – you know, put yourself in the activities, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship between you and the animal, correct? Like if you can't feel a certain, uh, a certain twinge or, a, or if the horse is not feeling right or if it doesn't recognize the movements, it throws things off, correct? Yeah, I mean, you wanted it, you're a team yeah. with that horse that's underneath you. So yeah, you definitely have to have that communication. And I mean, everything in order to be successful is going to be the team you have with that horse. So how did the horse react? You know, he wasn't so bad. He definitely could tell there was something that was different. He didn't like how flaccid my legs were, which is something that I had to work on fixing with the Velcro straps. So the Velcro straps go around my thighs and around my stirrup fenders. And once I had those, then he was a lot better. So it wasn't, you know, he, he handled it pretty well. So my horsepower was my barrel horse, and he's the one that I, was, that I got on. So that one, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. We had to go through an adjustment, but it wasn't like he was freaked out at me or you know, didn't want me to get near him or anything like that. He was good about all those pieces. I want to know how has this been like emotionally for you just because I've watched, I've watched how your videos have gone from how you first started riding your horses. Like you said, someone would help you on the horse or things that would, people would help you do. And now you're doing so many things independently. I mean, but like you said before, when you did it all the time and you were, you know, you did this all and it was normal and so having to relearn that again, how has that been just yourself, like, you know, you know how hard it is to learn the small things? You know, to relearn all the pieces of writing has definitely been challenging. You know, there's just just in order to be good at it and make sure that you communicate with your horse right and make sure that your horse still works like it's supposed to, that all is going to be a challenge and 
And I feel like, you know, there's been pieces of learning along the way from that very first time of getting on of, you know, just being able to sit in the middle to, you know, now when I'm training a new one, it's got to be how to communicate with that horse, even though my legs don't work. There's a lot of different phases that go along between that. And, and even me, you know, I've changed mentally and physically and everything from that very first time I got on to now. And yeah, I mean, you've got to, you definitely have to take that all with a grain of salt when it doesn't work the way you think it should or your horse can't understand what you're trying to ask it. You know, you have to find a new route in order mm. to, to make it work with horses. So stepping away from the arena, so to speak, in regards to, your, your, to, to competitive nature and whatnot, from a personal standpoint, you know, out and about, uh, relationships, friends, family, you know, describe what, what changed there and, and adaptions and what you had to, to kind of discuss and talk through. And, and maybe there were some people you had to kind of push away because they weren't the best influence at that time for you. I mean, tell us, tell us about from a personal level what, what this impacted you. I wouldn't say there was anybody I had to necessarily push away. There was definitely a couple of people that chose to leave. They didn't handle the wheelchair very well, or they told me that they didn't know. It made them too sad to hang out with me. So there was a couple of people like that. That's a um, cop out yeah. right there. That's like a that's, <laughs> like, a, yeah, on. that's a rough one to hear even. Yeah. So yeah, I had a couple of people that they were like that or, you know, people who they'd come and see me in the hospital and they'd be like, Oh my gosh, I want to, you know, we should go do something. And then like, you never hear from them. You're kind of like, okay. And not that I was, I was never really a big hangout with friends person. I was always go to school, ride my horses. And that was it for me. Go to rodeos. That was totally my deal. And that was all I needed. But when you were not riding in the minute and somebody's like, yeah, I want to come pick you up and take you here. You're like, okay. And then they never come. You're like, what the heck is happening? I don't understand. So there was definitely moments like that, but anyone who's been in a in an accident like this or really anyone who's just had a life-changing experience knows that there's just some some changes that go on, yep. you know, with yourself and with the people around you. I mean, your family who's known you forever, they they act a little different and they treat you a little different, not in a bad way, they just aren't sure exactly what to help with or what not to help with and you know what to be okay with and what not to be. So there are definitely some challenges that go along with that. And for me, it was all just that first summer, you know, I was able to get back on, but then that was super devastating to me that it didn't turn out the way that I had wanted. I went to a lot of my brother's baseball games that first <laughs> summer. I feel like that was definitely what kept me sane. You was became, you I became went to every a fan. single baseball game. Yeah. What, what, what would you say has been like the hardest besides like, I know the life experience of like being confined to a wheelchair and, Obviously, with you, with it's going to rodeos and stuff like that. But what's been like your biggest change that you've had to kind of either let go or you've kind of changed your life in doing something that you didn't do before? I would say definitely one of the biggest changes is the fact that I can accept help now. No, I guess maybe not graciously all the time. I should get even better at that. But it's hard when you were when you've been super independent your whole life. I mean, at five years old, I wanted a pony so I could saddle it by myself. I mean, it wasn't like I just, I was not independent. I did a lot of things. And then you're in a situation where, I, even still, even to this day, I know if I want to go ride my horses, you know, I need help to do that. I can do it by myself, but truly it's a little bit dangerous to do the whole thing by yourself. I mean, horses are wild animals. So to try to do everything completely independent is a little risky. Yeah. I'm not gonna so, lie. That's, that's, that's a big horse that's just sitting there looking at you like, 
Yeah, I don't know if well, I want you even, on even here right now. Even the quietest horse can get scared. And so, I mean, I know, like, okay, if I want to ride, I need to have somebody with me. And sometimes that's super frustrating to have to depend upon other people to to be there in order to do what you love. But I have, ex- I have grown to accept that better. Like, okay, and really know what your goals are and know what you want to do and then just accept that you're going to need help in order to reach those. And it makes it a little bit easier, but that is where I have, I would say, changed a lot or grown a lot is being able to accept that help graciously. What would you say? So obviously, you know, I love watching you have Wheelchair Wednesday and that's where she does all these kind of examples of how she does things and it's almost truly amazing to watch how she's grown and things that she's doing now. And so that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what are you like? What is your most hardest thing you're doing as far as like getting yourself on the horse by yourself? I mean, from what I looked at things, I would say what would be hardest is like climbing on the horse by yourself. I thought that was impressive, even though I know on the one time I think you grabbed in between the trailer and to get onto the yeah. horse. But I mean, it's very impressive to watch her come from the wheelchair onto these horses that are. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. So. So accident happens and, and, you know, there, there, there were some setbacks and there were some difficulties and there were things that you adapted to, to, to continue to do the things that you love and, and continue on with your dreams. What, what else are you doing now? I mean, you know, he talks about the wheelchair Wednesday and all this stuff, but, but, but what are you doing to, I guess, obviously spread the awareness and, and, and kind of showcase that just because life happens, it doesn't mean that you lose all your strength to be who you want to be. You know, what, what are you currently doing right now? I mean, every day is a, is a battle of some sort, you know, every day there's, there's a battle, whether it's, you know, being able to accomplish, like for me, I'm going to school, so I'm getting my degree in school counseling. So getting to, you know, getting to school and helping kids that way. And then riding my horses is going to be a challenge. But for me now, I mean, if you just want to know what I'm doing, I guess, like I'm, like I said, I'm going to school to be a counselor. I am a rodeo coach at Wasatch Academy, and it's a high school down here in Mount Pleasant, so I'm a rodeo coach for them. I barrel race and breakaway rope, so I have my own rodeo schedule, and then I'm a motivational speaker, which, you know, it's April. I don't know. What what are we in in April? But I've done 25 speeches so far this year, so it's been a busy year. Yeah, and those are speeches that you travel across the, well, basically the world, right? Yeah, I would say of the 25, there's been three in Utah. So, so you live so you live in Mount Pleasant, huh? Yes, Man, I, know, I live in Mount Pleasant. I know a lot of people down there. Really? Yeah, the whole Christensen family and all of them. And that's Yeah, I, Mount Pleasant, that's that is definitely that is definitely the beauty territory. I'll tell you that. I I love that area. Yeah, it is pretty. It's I feel like it's kind of a mini Alaska. It really is. Whereas it won't choose to freaking be spring, but other than that, it is great. <laughs> <laughs> So you're speaking all across the, you know, what got you into public speaking? Was it a, a, a want to, to help uplift others or was it just a scenario where you're like, man, I got a lot of stories to tell. I just want to get in front of people and tell it. So it started with FFA for sure. You know, being in FFA, there was a lot of leadership and a lot of speaking opportunities. And I was state FFA president the year I got in my accident. And I had written my speech in December of 2009, so a month before. And you can write your retiring address, your going away speech on anything you And I had written mine on overcoming obstacles. I felt like that was the one thing I wanted to share with FFA members was that they could overcome any obstacle that was thrown their way. 
So I'd written this whole speech, then less than a month later, I'm living that speech. And the state convention was two months to the day after my accident. So here I am reliving, you know, reliving life now in a chair, going through that speech, getting ready for a convention. And when I was able to give that on stage two months after my accident, it really hit me what I was capable of, which I thought that that was awesome. And not, it wasn't like then that I decided to become a speaker. You know, I just thought, wow, like I could really some help some people. Well, it was actually a little bit later after I got home and I got a Facebook message from a kid that was at convention. And he told me that he wrote me and he said that he had written his suicide letter. And when he was getting home from convention, he was planning on taking his own life. But after hearing my speech, he changed his mind. So that was when it was really like, oh, my gosh, sharing my story could help somebody else. But I didn't know how to go about that. So I just started getting asked, you know, for FFA year and banquets, banquets. And then there was administrators at the banquet. So then they invited me to come to their schools and then. Then it just eventually kind of took off and chose me as a person to speak, and I'm really glad it has. Nice, nice. 25 speeches, man. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Quite the workload. And do you do you uh, do you ride on the normal circuit, or are you in a different circuit in regards to the to the uh, the, the the PRA? So the the PRCA is the Cowboy Association. I'm in the WPRA, which is the okay. Women's Pro Rodeo Association, and I, that's the circuit I ride in. So it's a it's the pro rodeo circuit for the barrel racing, and so that's what I'm in. And this is my first year with my card, so it's my rookie year. Nice. Um, my official rookie year, so we'll see how it goes. Nice. So how are your times compared to obviously before your accident to now? I've outrun myself of what I had done before my accident, so that's been kind of fun. Yeah, that's. That, I mean, you, you, you have know, to, to sit back. To like, I bet she's just I've puffing her better. chest up, like she's like, "Yeah, I got that. I got the yeah. handle." No, that's impressive. That's that's awesome. That is awesome. So, favorite venue that you have rode in as of recently, whether it was before accident or now? Well, I mean, one of the coolest runs I've made was in 2015. I ran in the rodeo called the American, okay. which is a million-dollar one-day rodeo down in AT&T Stadium. I saw that one. That's cool. So, that one was pretty dang neat because that was definitely the biggest race we've run in. But I won... There was a race just this last December down in Las Vegas called the All-In Barrel Race. I heard about that one. And, yeah, I won $10,000 in the one run. So that one was kind of exciting because that's the most money I've won in one run. Nice. Well, I'm hoping to see it at a, at, a, at a Strawberry Days or... Yep, I ran in that last year. See, I love Strawberry Days. Got to get me some of that uh, that cream and strawberry. That's that's the way I roll. Yeah. I, that's, that's yeah, my that one was rodeos. a good one. I was one out of the money there. They paid 17 holes, and I was 18th. Ah, oh, you got to come back this year and win it all then. I know. You bet your ass I'm cheering for you. I just hope you know that. Well, uh, that's it's, I'll be there. Okay, <laughs> good, 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 good. So in regards to, you know, overall life and like that, any any new relationships that you've made that have impacted your life? You know, are, are you currently dating? Are you, you know, what's, what's, what's your story on a personal level? Yeah, I am dating. I have a boyfriend. I've had him for a little over a year now. And... He rodeos, so that makes that really convenient. He rides bucking horses. So then we haul together, which is great, which is where, like, today we just, well, we got back last, I got back last night. He lives in Idaho right now. And after 40 hours of driving this weekend between speaking, driving to Oakdale, California, coming back, and everything else, I'm like, oh, my goodness, it has been a long, 
long couple days, but it's good. So as a message to the kids, you know, obviously, number one, we'll, we'll want to be able to direct people where, to where they can find you. But right now, where, where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, you know, kind of any of the social media sites. You can find me there. My website is AmberlySnyder.org, so you can find me on there as well. Cool, cool. And, you know, any messages that you would give to the kids out there, you know, especially people who have had this happen and they're just trying to figure out how to adapt to life. You know, I mean, obviously setbacks happen, but it's kind of what you do after the fact that defines you. Do you got any, like, inspirational thoughts right there? Well, I think that regardless of what your obstacle is, you know, everyone's going to have one and you can't compare yours to somebody else's because we're all going to have our own challenges and and realize that your challenge is for you and the way you handle it is up to you. You know, don't allow those to define you, but you can allow them to refine you into something better. So regardless of what that challenge is or, or what has been thrown your way, know that, that you're capable. You're capable of handling it. You're capable of overcoming it. When's your next, uh, when's your next big ride? I've got Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah. Wednesday. Gosh, is that tomorrow? That would be tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> that would be tomorrow. Yeah, this is kind of like the same, like, there are times where Dustin will, like, text me. I'm like, holy hell, is it Tuesday tomorrow? What? Yeah. So tomorrow. I'm down in Logandale, Nevada. And when are you coming tomorrow. back up to Utah for some of the Utah folks? The Utah ones, they haven't, the pro rodeos haven't started yet. So they'll start the last weekend of May. Okay. And then they'll be every weekend. And so then I'll be every weekend. So we'll probably see you at the Strawberry Days and Heber, was it the Swiss, yeah, the Swiss Days? And... Strawberry Days, Heber, Lehigh. They have the Lehigh Roundup. They have Lehigh Roundup yesterday's. You have, goodness, I mean. Like, I wish you could see me right now. Like, I am in a full-fledged hoodie rocking tall socks and, like, high tops. But I love I my rodeos. Like, I am all about it. Like, I, I, well, I, that's I, good. Uh, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't show up wearing, wearing pants that you try to make them look like they're jeans you'd put boots with and a plaid shirt and a gas station cowboy hat. Please don't show up like that. Nope. Show up as you are. No, nope. I will rodeo. show up. How, I mean, I will have the flashiest shoes I can have. <laughs> <laughs> sideways hat you name it but no i just i absolutely love rodeos my kids love rodeos they've all grown up on it so i mean it's it's, it's exciting to hear that that even after the setback that you are still riding at a seriously competitive level so that's really cool to hear well thank you so we'll kind of leave you to it because we know you got a busy schedule but thank thank you thank you for taking the time to to just chat with us and talk about your story we have a lot of people that don't know you know, a lot of your story. So getting into that was, was a big deal. And, and we look forward to, to hearing more and seeing more from you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Thank you so much, Amberly Snyder. And All right. we will talk to you soon. Okay. See ya. Bye. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in for another episode of Shieldcox Happens. Uh, we are seriously glad we could have Amberly on the episode today. Uh, for more episodes or to catch uh, or where to find us, uh, tune into SoundCloud with the handle Dustin Shieldcox. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can find us even at DustinShieldcox.com where you'll see all the episodes of our podcast will be stationed there as well. We also want to give everybody the chance to look up Lizzie Pritchett. Uh, take a look at her story, a beautiful story just like Amber Lee's. But uh, stay tuned for the next podcast episode. We've always got a new one with more interesting stories. So thanks again and tune in next time. You have just tuned in to another episode of Shieldcox Happens. Find previous episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Amazon today. If you would like to be on our podcast and have a story that you want to get out there, visit us at 
www.dustinshieldcox.com or private message us on Facebook and we'd love to have you on the show.